Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise by your power. We will go by your spirit. We are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Hey, good morning. I'm Carmen LaBerge. Listening to Mornings with Carmen. I got a story for you this morning. Once upon a time. I mean, all the good stories, right? Start with Once Upon a Time. Ideally, they end with Happily Ever After. So I'll let you be the judge of that. Uh, Once Upon a Time, there was a woman, faithful, faithful woman married to a faithful man. Um, He was actually a spiritual leader in their community. They had been praying for the gift of children early in their marriage and then long into their marriage. And by by this stage of the game, they'd, they'd actually... They weren't even praying for the gift of children anymore. It was like way past that time. They were actually quite old when miraculously she became pregnant and they were overjoyed. I mean, like, right. What a blessing. I mean, their their house was actually filled with laughter about it. After decades of waiting, when their peers were actually already grandparents, when they knew that, um, you know, if their child would ever have children, (laughs) they'd They'd never know them. This faithful couple celebrated the gift that God had sent. So just a few months into her pregnancy, her cousin, a much, much younger woman, um, drops by for a visit. When her cousin enters the house, the baby in her womb leapt for joy. Both women were pregnant with babies that were destined by God to do great things. And... um, Well, you know the rest of the story, right? Both of those babies would grow up to be men who would die horrible, unspeakable deaths. We're talking about Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, and Mary, the mother of Jesus. Why bring them up today? I mean, it's the day before Thanksgiving, Carmen. I mean, like, is this a story you really want to tell? Well, today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day provoked provoked this, so uh, so don't blame it on me. Uh, Today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day comes from Psalm 37, verses 39 to 40. The Lord rescues the godly. He's their fortress in times of trouble. trouble. The Lord helps them, rescuing them from the wicked. God saves them, and they find shelter in him. Really? Every time? In the way that we imagine? (sighs) Psalm 37, verses 39 and 40 would have been a part of the prayer and and singing lexicon of Elizabeth and Mary. This would have been, uh, these would have been verses of Scripture knit into their hearts. They would have known them well. The Lord rescues the godly. He is our fortress in times of trouble. The Lord helps them, rescuing them from the wicked. He saves them, and they find shelter in him. I want us to recognize that today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day is not always answered in the way or in the timing that we might be thinking when we pray it. These verses would have been knit into the minds of Elizabeth and Mary. These verses, like the entirety of the Psalms, they would have committed them to memory. 
These were the prayers they prayed and sang, in faith, as women blessed by God among all others in all of human history to bear into the world boys who would become men who would die horrible, unspeakable deaths. These would have been verses that John certainly knew full well. John, the same John, conceived as the son of Zechariah and Elizabeth, the same John who leapt for joy in his mother's womb when Jesus, conceived in the womb of Mary, entered the room. John, whose entire life was devoted to God, dedicated to preparing the way of the Lord's anointed Messiah. John, who preached that the kingdom of God was at hand, invited people to repent and be baptized in preparation. John, who glorified the Lord, crying out, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John, who saw wondrous things including heaven open and the Spirit of God to send like a dove upon Jesus in the Jordan as a voice from heaven declared, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. John, John who knew Jesus was the one. And God knew John. God knew his heart, his zeal, his faithfulness, his faith. Jesus said of John, No man born of woman is greater than John the Baptist. And yet, and yet, John never married. John never had children. John never owned more than one outfit at a time. He didn't live in a house. He ate off the land. He was periodically arrested and jailed. John. John, on whose lips and in whose heart and in whose mind today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day would have resounded with frequency. The Lord rescues the godly. He is their fortress in times of trouble. The Lord helps them, rescuing them from the wicked. He saves them and they find shelter in him. John. Matthew tells us in chapter 11, Herod the Tetrarch, who had been rebuked by John the Baptist because of Herodias, his brother's wife, and because of all the evil things Herod had done, he added to all of that by shutting John up in prison. John in prison sends word to Jesus through his disciples, are you the one who is to come or should we look for another? Like I'm a little confused. Yes, Jesus is the one. And yes, you were born to prepare the way. And yes, you've been fully faithful in your calling. And yes, you are going to die a horrible, unspeakable death. John a person Jesus loved like a brother and relied on throughout his life, of whom Jesus actually said no one born of a woman was going to be greater. John, John, died as the victim of a disgusting party game, his head served up on a platter after a provocative dance by a young woman. Jesus, who would deliver the world from the power of sin and death, did not deliver John from his distress. He did not set him free from prison. He did not protect him from execution. He did not rescue this godly man. He did not save him in the way we might imagine. Each of us have had times when it felt like God did not rescue or deliver us in the ways that we had asked or hoped. Think of the mothers and fathers and grandparents and friends today, of the men, women, and children held hostage by Hamas and other terrorists in Gaza for more than seven weeks now. They are praying and believing, Psalm 37, verses 39 and 40, the Lord rescues the godly. He is their fortress in times of trouble. The Lord helps them, rescuing them from the wicked. He saves them, and they find shelter in him. These are verses of the Hebrew scriptures. 
And this is who God is. And sometimes, indeed more times than we want to recognize, sometimes God's beloved, the most godly people we know, including John the Baptist, die terrible deaths at the hands of wicked men. So today, consider that we have the psalmist and we have John the Baptist, uh, or we have something they did not have. We have the perspective of living on this side of the cross and this side of the empty tomb and this side of the ascension of Jesus. We have the present power of the indwelling Holy Spirit, and we have the community of believers to remind us when we forget in the midst of our suffering that God always makes good on his promises. He will deliver. He does save. Just not always in the way or the timing that we hope. Our friend Daryl Crouch is going to join us next. We're going to survey some Thanksgiving texts as we move into Thanksgiving. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Hey, our friend Daryl Crouch is back from Everyone's Wilson. You can visit with him at everyoneswilson.org. Good morning, Daryl. Good morning, Carmen. Happy uh, Thanksgiving. (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. We need some Thanksgiving text. Today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day was like, it's excellent, but it's also like held captive by the realities uh, that I find us in. Um, and, And the reality is the same every day. I mean, there's always something from which God needs to be redeeming us and um, and it's challenging times in which we live. So let's survey some Thanksgiving text. What what is what's on your heart today on the day before Thanksgiving? Yeah, there's a few things. Uh, Psalm 100 is you know, shout to the Lord, all you people. Um, is is just a wonderful uh, psalm, and I think there's a, a number of psalms that we can look to and be reminded that we never sing. A thanksgiving. We never sing praise to the Lord. We we never give thanks um, where there's not also something undone. So mm-hmm. we talk about it um, sometimes like uh, we, we're always singing through tears at, at some level. Uh, we understand that we, we, we don't wait until everything is just right before we give thanks. Uh, we sing the truth of God's goodness and his grace um, uh, despite the circumstances around us. And so um, Ron Dunn used to say that good and bad uh, run on parallel tracks and they normally arrive together. Um, mm. when, you, when you ask me how it's going, uh, I can always tell you uh, of the goodness of God, and I can also share with you some difficulties that I'm experiencing. That's always going to be the case on this side of heaven. But the the discipline of giving thanks. Uh, well, giving thanks is a discipline. It's an intentionality for us to remember what's actually true, what's true about God, what's true about what God is doing in our lives, what God is doing in the world to restore and redeem all that is broken, that we know that that history is moving, that God is moving toward a, a final um, uh, destination and consummation and that he will restore all things to himself. And so Thanksgiving is a reminder to us of what is true and it doesn't overlook or dismiss what is broken. It just says, this is not our brokenness is not the, the, the whole story. And so I think Thanksgiving is, is just a, a wonderful time. And it's, it's not just one time a year We're it should be a part of our regular rhythms as followers of Jesus, 
that we're giving thanks and that we're remembering uh, who he is, his character, his pattern, his, the works and the ways of God. And um, so that's that's really helpful to me. Uh, again, in no way dismissing pain, suffering or any of that, but but pain and suffering just does not tell us the whole story. And the psalmist was always um, it seems like uh, whether it was David or another psalmist was, was always singing, always singing with um, um, maybe a, a bit of tears in their eyes. And um, so anyway, I hope that's encouragement to everybody that uh, is turning their eyes on Jesus today, that he is the author and perfecter of our faith. He is going to finish what he started in us. That's so good. That's so good. Um, despite the headwinds is language that people are going to hear um, today and tomorrow in um, in the Thanksgiving proclamation. Um, and it's it's apparently language that has been repeated by presidents over the course of time, despite the headwinds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that this recognizing that Thanksgiving and giving thanks um, is a dis- is a discipline. It intentionally, uh, you know, takes note of reality and then it declares the whole story. Um, that is so good. And that is so helpful. Uh I'm going to read Psalm 100 since you um, since you lifted it up. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to God and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Um, mindful of God's faithfulness, God's goodness, that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights above, we we praise, we offer up um, thanksgiving. So, what are the the what are the headwinds you're facing today? What are the particular circumstances that you need to be reminded in the midst of um, of the stormy gale? that God is good, that God is sovereign, that God is great, um, that God is worthy to be praised even in the storm. So um, just mindful that each one of us and all of us are facing headwinds personally and collectively, and that in the midst of it, we are going to give God um, the thanks, the gratitude due his name. So we're talking with our friend Daryl Crouch. Uh, You're listening to Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network, and we'll be right back. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show we do on the Faith Radio Network every day. There is a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources waiting for you to take advantage of and share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. Be sure to check us out on social media as well. Um, This is a community of believers, and we gather together here and We all need prayer, and, well, we'd love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer. We pray for specific requests every single week when we gather on Tuesdays and Thursdays as a staff. So share your prayer request with us anonymously and securely on our website at MyFaithRadio.com, and then be assured of our prayers for you in the Spirit of Christ. Check it all out at MyFaithRadio.com. We're here with our friend Daryl Crouch from Everyone's Wilson. 
Luke chapter 17, verses 11 to 19. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And they went and they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back. Praising God in a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this one foreigner? And then he said to the man, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Daryl, let's reflect on um, on this in light of uh, Thanksgiving Day tomorrow, um, when maybe one in ten will <laughs> will yeah. remember that God is the one that to whom we are returning with Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's really that's so. Uh, just to hear you read that, by the way, you got a great radio voice. Um, that's um, I, I hope that's helpful to you. But um, <laughs> so the. Uh, I hope you can, you know, use that someday. But Leverage the, that uh, a little bit someday. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, just such a beautiful passage. And again, Jesus elevates the Samaritan, which is so interesting to me. Um, somebody that uh, no one else was elevating, but it was uh, the Samaritan who who returned. And um, I think there's a there's a few things here for me that that are pretty powerful. Um, one that that all of them were desperate and in need of of healing and of need of a savior and at some level they all recognize that i I think there's something in us that we know that we uh are 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 overextended that we that we know we're dependent that the the air that we breathe the life that we have there's a sense of holy vulnerability that all of us have and um but yet when the Lord shows his grace um, due to our sinful nature, our brokenness, whatever it may be, our foolishness, um, w- when God provides for us, it's not intuitive uh, for us to give thanks. It's, it's exceptional. It's a, it's a discipline for us to stop and not revel in the blessing more than we revel in the one who blesses. And uh, I, I think we, we have to stand back and say, who provided this? Who really provided this? The the, the fish doesn't know about water. It, it's, it's just, he just, just doesn't even know. And a lot of us, we don't even know about air. The, the muscles that we have to rise out of bed in the morning, we don't know, we, we we're not even aware until that's that muscle is gone until it is hard to breathe until our heart is not beating like it should uh, until we don't have the money that we thought we would have and so um th- there is a holy vulnerability that i think is really important for us to understand but the but that does not guarantee that there will be a holy gratitude and so i think mm. we have to discipline ourselves um um to to return to the lord and and i really i think tomorrow is a wonderful time for all of us to 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 do that but daily as i mentioned earlier just in the daily rhythms 
that uh, the food on our table and the 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 way that we're able to walk out the door and get into our car and go to work or see the sunset or see the sunrise, experience another day of God's provision, just being uh, rather than focusing on what we need or what we think we need or what even we have, but that there's an intentionality of saying who was the giver, who is the provider. Um, another thing that um, Thanksgiving does for us, and we see this in, in this passage, is that gratitude or Thanksgiving makes room for grace, mm. makes room for more grace. Uh, the, the, the Samaritan came back. He gave thanks. Uh, Jesus had some really, you know, clear questions about where everybody else was. But he says, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Uh, it wasn't just healing from leprosy that this man needed, but healing from ultimate brokenness and reconciliation with God. And his gratitude made room for God's grace, uh, greater grace. And um, I, I think a lot of us, uh, whether it's in salvation or in other ways that God wants to bless us, we have uh, our, our ingratitude has created a ceiling uh, on what we can experience and what we do experience every day from from the Lord. Um, if 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 we fail to see and fail to embrace our total dependence upon the Lord and our need for him in every aspect of our lives, uh, we will we will fail to experience his blessings. And um, so I, I think that was a, a for me, seeing that Samaritan of all people come back and experience greater grace is just a reminder to me of how how, how much I need the Lord and how much he has to give that maybe we leave on the table. I, I so appreciate um, this example of this one individual who who returned, like recognizing the one from whom the blessing had come. Um, and and the question of, you know, where are the other nine um, gave me pause a number of years ago. And, you know, I just, I did spend a little time reflecting on like, where were the other nine? And I think the reality is we often choose to run and celebrate with the people we have been separated from or the people that, you know, we think are going to be there with us and for us on the road ahead. Um, but returning to give thanks to God, returning to give thanks to Jesus, um, was this individual's first inclination. Um, he, he clearly also had people, you know, from whom he had been separated because of his leprosy. Um, but he didn't go, he didn't go home first. He didn't run he didn't run to the people from whom he had been separated first. He ran first back to the one who had healed him. And I just think returning in thanksgiving to God from whom all blessings flow, um, you know, as you say, like that needs to become our instinct. We need to return to give thanks to God, the giver, the provider, the sustainer, um, the, the fount of every blessing, instead of moving forward and celebrating with everybody else. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, if we don't... No, no. It's very easy for the blessings to become an idol of our heart and that 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 being healed from leprosy is the ultimate goal well that's that's not that's not god's greatest uh goal for us and that if we're not careful the blessings become an idol and we of our hearts and we pursue those rather than finding our satisfaction in the lord himself and um 
that he is the one. It's Psalm Psalm 100. He is the Lord our God. Um, and and that that he's the focus of our affection rather than the pursuit of whatever blessings we think we most need. Ultimately, we need depend and our, our souls are ultimately satisfied in him. So good. Thank you. Giving thanks to God today for you, um, for the fellowship that we enjoy here, um, for all that God does in and through you and alongside those others with whom you labor. So giving thanks to God for you today, Daryl, and so appreciate the time that you you grant us to spend together in this way. Well, it's a blessing. You're a blessing. Thank you for all that you do to pour into so many and your team, Paul, and all the team that make this work every every single morning. What a what a blessing. So I hope tomorrow's a great day for you. Thank you. Likewise. And we'll um we'll talk with you in a couple of weeks when we will be fully in the midst of Advent. <sighs> How great is that? <laughs> How great is that? <laughs> All right. Blessings and happy Thanksgiving. Same to you. All right. So a couple of years ago, um, a young couple was uh, expecting a baby. They were fully looking forward to all that God um, had planned for them to make them parents. They had, you know, a, a life full of great expectations. So I want you to just um, consider what you're expecting when you're expecting. So if you are a person, um, you know, who has kids and maybe they are now grown adults and maybe they have kids of their own or they want to have kids of their own, I just want you to consider for a moment um, all of the expectations that are piled up in pregnancy. And one of the things that we don't expect is that we will only have that child for a very, very short period of time. We imagine, we imagine that we will certainly see our children grow up. We imagine we will see our children's children and maybe even our children's children's children. We don't anticipate that we will only have them, that God will only give them a handful of days. So we're going to go back um, 40 days with Michael Shermack, and we're going to go back 40 days prior to that. And we're going to talk about the life of Shiloh Brave. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Michael Shermack is a colleague of mine at Northwestern Media, uh, and every Monday we gather together um, with our whole team across Northwestern Media, um, and we spend time in prayer together. We spend time celebrating. We spend time lifting one another up, and someone offers um, a devotional. And so this Monday, Michael offered a devotional that I thought to myself, other people need to hear this. And so I have invited him here to talk with us about his niece, Shiloh Brave. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Carmen. Thanks for letting me be a part of this today. So we're going to do the bad news first. What happened 40 days ago? So 40 days ago, my niece Shiloh passed away, sadly, on October 5th. And actually, it was it was 39 days ago, so it'll be 40 days tomorrow. Yeah, so in Thanksgiving tomorrow, you guys are going to be looking back 40 days as a family um, on 
on something that is absolutely heartbreaking. 40 days before that, what happened? So 40 days before that, it was in August, and Shiloh just got sick, and it was kind of a mystery what was going on, but she started this journey of fighting various things that were going on. So um, let's um, let's go back to December 17th, 2021, because that's the day Shiloh Brave was born. So can you tell us about that day? Yes, she was born on, like you said, December 17th, and obviously a lot of excitement. Shiloh lives down in central Illinois, and I live right here in the Twin Cities. So we were able to go visit right after she was born and go and meet her and just a lot of excitement. Um, this is um, Shiloh Brave is the daughter of your brother or your sister? My sister-in-law. So okay, my... sister-in-law, yeah. yeah. You know how the family tree is always like, okay, I know this is his niece, but like, let's <laughs> right. draw out the branches. Who are we talking about here? Right. All right, so... Um, so you and you and your wife were um, were attending with joy to the birth of this new baby, mm-hmm. um, but but walking in a season of um, of grief yourselves, and that is an extraordinary um, testimony as well. Um, weeping with those who weep and rejoicing with those who rejoice, and I just I just want to acknowledge that um, I I see that and I um, and I appreciate that the way that you guys gathered yourselves up and rushed to Illinois to celebrate the birth of this baby, Shiloh Brave, mm-hmm. December 17th, 2021. Tell us a little bit about her life because you um, you wove together a beautiful testimony about this little girl. Yeah, well, so there's a reason for her name and um, all the kids that they have, they have, you know, reasons for their names, but there's kind of one verse that brings them all together and this sums up Shiloh really well. It's Joshua 1 9, which says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, and do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And so that's where Brave, her middle name, comes from. And I mean, that sums her up perfectly. She was very bold, brave, sassy at times. Um, a memory that I have is she just had really big, kind of curious eyes all the time and she would just look around and take in the world around her um, with excitement and that that's kind of who she was as she lived her life and um, a verse that comes to mind and I, I got to share this with you on Monday is Matthew 18 verse 3 which is when they're talking about who who is most important in the kingdom of heaven and Jesus says truly I say to you unless you turn and become like children you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And when you meet Shiloh, you know that because of the boldness there and the way that she loved people. Um, it's obvious. I love that. You told us a story about um, at like 18 months old, walking, uh, Shiloh walking fearlessly, um, you know, on on the edge of a frozen lake. Can you this is this is a brave story that I really appreciated about her. Yeah, well, she was even younger than that. I think she might have been 14 months. Look, I'm really not super sure, but little I was... peanut size. <laughs> right, little, tiny. Little, like where their still, arms are still out. They're walking like, you know, like, yeah, mm-hmm, like the Michelin tire guy. That's, <laughs> right. that's what they look like when they're walking at that age. Well, yeah, because, and bundled up, you know, on a, out in the frozen tundra of <laughs> central Minnesota. But yeah, so... 
you know, that's where I was living at the time was in central Minnesota. They were visiting from, you know, 10 hours away or whatever the drive was. And she's walking around on the shoreline of, of Gull Lake, you know, on the ice and everything fearlessly with a smile on her face. And I, I compare it to maybe a month before that. I had some other family that was walking on that same lake the first time. Terrified. I mean, you know, scared because should I be worried about that noise and kind of every weird imperfection in the ice, you know, is this dangerous? But Shiloh didn't care. And the verse that um, reminded me of that was Psalm 46, 1 through 3, which says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be moved and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. And she just was fearless. Michael, um, one of the things that you shared, and again, we're talking with Michael Shermack. He is um, he is one of my colleagues at Northwestern Media, and he shared with us in our Monday devotional time about his niece, Shiloh Brave, and received their parents' permission for us to share her story with you this morning as well. Um her parents did something on the day of her funeral that I will confess to you, I have never heard in mm. a Western context. Mm-hmm. Can you um, can you tell us more about what they did on the day of her funeral? Yeah, I think you're talking about how, uh, I mean... There weren't a- traditional pallbearers. They, yeah. They carried her casket. They did, and... Um, yeah, they were the one to kind of move that to where it needed to go, and um, I think that took a lot of strength, and it's a, obviously it's a very personal thing to them, and so they decided to do that. And then they actually started the burial process on on their own. So they, mm. they had shovels there for them, and um, they started doing that themselves, and it was something that... I don't want to say admire because they didn't choose all of this to happen. You know what I mean? This whole circumstance wasn't, you know, their option. But the way that they've gone about everything, I just admire so much. I I really look up to them through all of this. I hope you will share with them um, the witness and testimony that that is. That they, you know, they carried her from conception to birth. They carried her, um, you know, throughout the, the months of her life, the days and the months of her life, they carried her into the ER. They, they carried her, um, to the place where her body would rest. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is such a witness and a testimony, um, of their faithfulness to this child that God entrusted to their care. I think we, I think we imagine that, you know, kids are entrusted to our care for a long life. Well, kids are entrusted to our care for however many days the Lord has deigned that they should live. Mm-hmm. And we just don't often consider that, that, you know, God God knows the number of their days, and it might only be 700 and some. It may not be 7,000 and some or 70,000. Like, right, we don't, mm-hmm. it's 70, 70 years plus 10 or whatever. Like, it doesn't. We don't know how long we get with a child. And so I I just love the way they clearly loved her and for the demonstration of their 
um, for their faith and and this act of doing for her what maybe parents should be doing, which is carrying carrying their child all the way. Mm-hmm. And I just it's such a precious 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 image. They have other kids. Those kids are how old, Michael? So Zion is three and a half, and um, they have one on the way. So oh great, yeah, right. a son on the way. So very all right, very exciting. And for you, and for you and your wife, am I right? This is the first holiday season that your son. I mean, am I right that you had a baby in January? Yes, yeah. All right. You are right. So this is the first. This is the first Thanksgiving and the first Christmas. Um, what um, thoughts, plans? What's he doing? You know, for those of us that haven't been with an 11 month old in a while, like, you know, what's he up to? He is he is um, just starting to walk. So he's making his way, you know, from couch to chair to whatever. It's pretty exciting. I love that. I love that. Well, blessings upon you, um, your immediate family, your extended family. Thank you so much for your partnership in this ministry. Thank you for all that you do at Northwestern Media. We're so grateful for you. Um, and please thank Shiloh Brave's parents for their willingness to allow you to share her story with us today um, and assure them, assure them that she has a living testimony. Yeah. And that testimony that I think they want to share is to be brave, just like Shiloh was. I love that. I love that. We're going to stretch out our arms and we're going to um, walk by faith. Uh, even um, even in the slippery uh, portions of the world, like the edges of a frozen lake. Yeah, I love it. Thank you, Michael, so much for joining us today. That's Michael Shermack. He is a podcast assistant at Northwestern Media, sharing the story of his niece with us today. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Hi, I'm Carmen LeBurge, host of Mornings with Carmen. Time together as people of faith is so important, and together we can make a positive impact. So Faith Radio is ready to hit the road. Would your community be a good fit for a Faith Radio live event full of encouragement and togetherness that we can spur each other on toward love and good deeds? Nominate your community for a live Faith Radio event at MyFaithRadio.com, and I hope to get to see you soon. Hey, thanks to everybody on the text line this morning. Yes, the text line is open, 877-933-2484. Good morning, Rick. Thank you for your greetings this morning, um, and a blessed Thanksgiving to you as well. We are, as alongside you, we are giving gratitude to God. We are thankful for you, and we see, we see there your message to us. So thank you. Um, thank you, Rick. This day and every day, Rick is... I mean, you know, I don't want to say he's a more faithful listener than you because you might be an equally faithful listener, but let me just say Rick is a super faithful listener. Uh, Cecile is on the text line this morning as well. Good morning, Cecile. Um, thank you so much for your greeting and message this morning. Kathy is uh, is on the text line. Um, yes, Kathy, thank you for the opportunity to be together every single day, and we are counting um, our blessings, and we count you among them. Thank you. Thank you for counting us among your blessings as well. Uh, oh, this is kind. Andrew uh, Andrew says, I agree. I agree that Carmen uh, and Paul and the team have a great thing going um, with this radio thing. Grateful that I found you this past May. Andrew, we're so glad you found us as well. Um, I love the way that God draws us together um, through this uh, through this medium, through this ministry, and enables us to have enriching conversations each and every day. 
Uh, it It is, I would agree with you, a part of God's plan. He says, I didn't realize what this station was all about. I never even gave it a chance, but it's all part of God's plan. So Faith Radio is reaching more and more people every single day. Um, I don't know how long you have been a Faith Radio listener. Maybe you are listening online at MyFaithRadio.com. Maybe you're listening on the Faith Radio app. Consider that, um, you know, it's like 74 years ago that a group of students at the University of Northwestern in St. Paul, Minnesota, um, believed believed their then-president, Billy Graham, that there was going to be something to this newfangled thing called radio, and they should all make the sacrifices necessary to buy a signal so that the Word of God could be broadcast in St. Paul, Minnesota, that God wanted to use this medium of radio to reach people with the gospel. And so those students um, made personal sacrifices, um, gave up a couple of meals a week in order to in order to put together the initial investment required to buy a radio signal. That radio signal became a big radio signal and then multiple radio signals and then a network and then a global media ministry. And so next Tuesday on Giving Tuesday, we're going to be having a one-day fundraiser. Um, And so I would just invite you to consider what blessings God has poured into your life through the ministry of Faith Radio. And you say, well, I don't listen to the radio. I listen to it as a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing, right? It's a, it's a global media ministry. So however it is reaching you now, it, it is happening because a person like you gave a financial gift to make it possible. And so if you would like to come alongside Faith Radio, become a part of the Faith Radio giving community, the person, the people that make this happen, we would invite you to, um, to start considering what you might give in our one-day winter fundraiser um, on the Tuesday following Thanksgiving. It's going to be a really fun day. We're going to celebrate all that God has done, all that he is doing, and we're going to do some forecasting about what God might be doing um, in the years ahead. And if you're saying to yourself, hey, I actually, um, I have a gift that I would like to give as a match. Like now would be the time to to go ahead and communicate that and so if you're a person who says, I would, I have some match money I'd like to put up to challenge other people to give, um, then I'm going to invite you to, um, to text us and we'll get you connected with, um, with Ben Holson. Or you can just, um, I think it's probably just Ben at MyFaithRadio.com. But, it, you know, you can always do Paul or Carmen at MyFaithRadio.com and get to us that way. But we want to connect you. If you've got a, a matching gift that you want to, set up as a gift for that um, Giving Tuesday. We'd we'd love to help you do that as well. Um, Okay, so I just got a text message from a friend who says, I have put together my casserole that I am taking tomorrow to the the carry-in. They're doing a carry-in Thanksgiving with a number of people. Her picture is of a giant bowl, a giant bowl of, um, well, I'll just read you what it says on the card. This is my M&M casserole. Ingredients, one bag of plain M&Ms, one bag of peanut M&Ms, one bag of almond M&Ms, one bag of peanut butter M&Ms. And then, of course, there is the warning about all of the allergies, right? Because there's a lot of people that wouldn't be able to, to have a portion of this casserole. But then there's the instructions for the casserole. Do not preheat the oven. Do not grease the pan. Pour half of each bag of M&Ms into your casserole dish. Stir gently until evenly mixed. 
Pour another half of each bag of M&Ms. Stir gently. Cover casserole dish with lid. Dish is now ready to serve. (laughs) Do not forget the pot holders. Approximately 20 servings. Um, You must be um, an experienced cook to master this recipe. (laughs) So there you go. Uh, there you go. I love the creative thought that goes into Thanksgiving. What's your favorite dish to make? What are you, um, what are you looking forward to in terms of the Thanksgiving side items or the pie buffet tomorrow? Maybe you are a non-traditionalist and you have some Thanksgiving item like the M&M casserole that's not traditionally on the buffet. Um, maybe you could let me know what that is. Again, the text line is open, 877-933-2484. So I do want to take note after the very serious conversation that we just had about Shiloh Brave, it's totally possible that you have an empty chair um, at this year's Thanksgiving. So I want to recognize and acknowledge that. And maybe it's an empty high chair, Maybe the chair that is empty at your table this year is the the chair at the head of the table. Maybe it's the chair next to you. Maybe you're sitting alone. You have cause and reason to give thanks. Give thanks to God for his indescribable gifts. Thank God for the gift of life and the gift of breath. Thank God for the gift of the one who sat there once or will sit there in the future. Thank God for the table and the chair. Thank God for his presence with you always. Thank God for his companionship and the company he keeps. Thank God for the knowledge of his grace and daily bread. Thank God for forgiveness of trespasses. Thank God for protection from temptation, and thank God for deliverance from evil. Thank God for his kingdom come. Thank God for his will being done. Thank God that one day it will be on earth as it is in heaven. Thank God for heaven and for those who dwell there. Thank God for his kingdom and his power and his glory, now and forevermore. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. He is the Father of lights, and from him every good and perfect gift flows. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above the heavenly host. Praise Father. Son, and Holy Ghost. Thanksgiving is a discipline. Giving thanks is a discipline. It's also a therapy. Thanksgiving puts us um, or restores to us the right perspective on things, a righteous perspective on things. So circling back around ever so briefly, um, to the story of Shiloh Brave. I don't know her parents, but I feel confident they are giving God thanks for her life, 
for the way she changed their life. Even as her little chair sits empty this Thanksgiving, I feel confident they are giving thanks to God for the gift of delivering her into the world and holding her and having the opportunity to live with her all the days of her life until God took her home to himself. We've got another hour together up next. You are listening to Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.